screens there we go hey we're back yeah, okay <laughs> welcome right. everybody to the next episode of twitching upstream which is weird uh it sounds weird i don't have headphones on so uh i'm a little bit uncomfortable for a while been having headphones on anyway twitching upstream my friend dylan how are you sir i'm doing all right how are you zach i'm doing great thank you all right. uh if you don't know, the way this show started was uh, Dylan and myself hanging out in my living room uh, with a very big whiteboard and whatever, whatever. Um, and this is the first time in about a year yeah. that we are doing it in the same room again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all pun intended. Uh, oh, here, look, the same pencil is going to appear on Zach's screen. See? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that just proves that we're in the same room. Uh, I wonder how good that looked. Uh, it didn't look good. I was watching. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay. Anyway, so uh, if, if you're watching and, and at any time, whatever we're talking about, feel free to uh, throw up a comment. Uh, we're going to be doing some storytelling later on, and we would all love your help. So feel free to comment and tell Dylan that he's uh, very clever and that I am uh, equally as clever because we yes, both need that. There you go. <laughs> uh, so last, uh, well, not last week, but the week before we wrapped up one of our projects that was called Red Wichita in which we kind of uh, plotted out a six episode serial style podcast um, revolving around the, the terrible tragedy that happened in Wichita in this one event. Um, and then uh, Dylan wanted to have uh, some alone time, so he did a writing <laughs> writing class last week. And we're going to hop back into what we do. Uh, we're going to start a new project, but obviously, like we normally do, I have a little bit of nerd news that I want to throw out of Dylan uh, because, once again, he refuses to respond to my text messages. Um, so uh, let's hop into it. Uh, DC News. Yeah. Now, uh, The Suicide Squad recently came out, and you can see The Real Boys Review if you want to over on that channel. Um, but... There's been some talk recently, mostly because of how uh, the Snyder cut went, to re you know to reveal the air cut. And there's the air cut of the original Suicide Squad. And I don't really know how you feel about Suicide Squad 2016. <laughs> Am I not on record of saying how, what I feel about that movie? I don't think so. I don't know. All right, same phrase I always use when I talk. About Is it salt? Is it the salt reference? No, a little bit of salt. I, it, this bizarre like grotesque fascination with it yeah because it's very clear that someone had a vision and the studio had a different vision yeah it, it is an interesting movie um and i don't know if you if you did any research on on that movie so obviously david ayer wrote and directed that movie and what happened was uh he did about 90 percent of that movie and when he was doing interviews beforehand he called this uh, a quote soulful drama that's what he was making out of suicide squad cool. and the original story of suicide squad was that there was uh it was it was a heartfelt fight you know there was 
Harley and Joker, and then there was Flag and uh, the uh, Empress, whatever her name uh, was, uh, the Sorceress. June Moon. June Moon. Well, <laughs> Enchantress. Yeah, yeah, Enchantress, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that kind of blew up. But the problem was that Deadpool had just come out, and mm-hmm. funny movies did very well. Justice... Justice League just pretty much yeah. uh, came out, and uh, people did not like the darker elements. So, a lot of people don't know this, but the com- the studio took this movie and then gave it to a commercial editor, yep. and a commercial editor a chopped editor. it up. A trailer editor chopped yeah. it up, and if you look on IMDb, the, there's one editor that's, that's uh, credited for it. But if you look at the editing production team, there's about forty of them. Um, so. <laughs> Wait, what's this? Uh, I'm curious what would Twitching Upstream even look like if Dylan did answer text? Give us a peek into an alternate timeline. Uh, it would be a way shorter video because this whole yeah. segment would be gone. Yeah. Um, and I guess I would just show you some text messages. That I'm are... bad at texting for you, the audience. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't text so that we can do this show. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was just curious if you think that the air cut, A, should exist, and B, if there should be the idea of different cuts of movies. I think if it was profitable, they would do it regardless of the, like, you know, it's like, see this version, see mm-hmm. that version. Um, I don't, I didn't believe the Snyder cut existed. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe the AR cut exists because I don't think people cared that much about Suicide Squad. Whereas people really cared about the Justice League and really wanted that story to be done justice. And I don't think enough people are clamoring for, 2016 suicide squad to get the original vision that it had yeah i don't think there's the outcry for it well not now not now not now but if but you can if you look at the suicide squad 2016 you can tell that there are two movies in there there is a beautiful heartfelt movie um about uh, a breakup and a distraught and dysfunction relationships and then for some reason there's also a music video hot on topic. top of it. It's a hot topic music video. <laughs> and it's so dumb. And I really yeah. hate what they did with it. But um, and all, the reason I was bringing this up at all is because uh, I, I was doing, uh, James Gunn recently came out and said, you know, uh, he was talking about The Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and his interaction with Warner Brothers. And they gave him, like once Disney fired him, they gave him any project he yeah. wanted to do. They said, anything you want to do. The only thing you can't do is Batman. You can do anything whatsoever. Um, and obviously he, they're pushing him to do a Superman movie because he, they wanted him to do Superman. Okay. So the original uh, storyline of this, the Suicide Squad, uh, actually Starro wasn't the villain. It was an evil Superman that was being mind controlled by Lex Luthor, most likely. Okay. And then that's why there's no bad guy. But then they thought, he just thought, if I'm, if I'm going to go at it, I'm going to be crazy about it and uh, and do all that. So um, I, I, I do think that the air cut should exist. I think that if you have an auteur director... Uh, Flanagan agrees that the air cut should exist, oh. but not probably for the reason you think. Okay, air cut should definitely exist because there's definitely an alternate train wreck somewhere, which while marginally better, will basically be just as... E- okay, th- yeah, I agree that it, it might be uh, equally as awful, but there's such a weird it's a bu- thing. It's a bus crash instead of a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I will say that 
yeah, when I first saw it, I didn't understand what Leto was doing with the Joker. But when you rewatch it, he is doing something. And that is so cool. And I, I dude, I'm in, whatever. Let's get past it. Uh anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna hop into Marvel News because obviously uh Dylan does not want to talk about the air cut anymore. <laughs> uh the, the soulful drum of it is the air cut. Uh Marvel News. Uh so what if comes out tomorrow? Yeah. Um <laughs> I, I saw some early uh sneak previews of it, and I thought that it came out last week for some reason, but it did um comes out tomorrow and this is the one where like uh peggy carter uh becomes captain america and i think there's i think it's like two episodes in one i'm not okay. really sure about that but uh, my, my question to you is if there was a what if based on the first 23 marvel movies what what if would you like to see oh man that's a really hard one actually because yeah. i've given that no thought yeah um i think tony stark being i i think the alternate interactions between the characters are really interesting the um potential for like star lord t'challa is really <laughs> interesting killmonger rescuing iron man is really interesting yeah um oh what's red saying the dceu trolley problem which version of a film would be less awful and what are the ethics of consciously choosing to put out bad art even if it is the lesser of two evils yeah that that's the thing and i think the problem that a lot of studios have is they don't necessarily care about art no. they want quick fast money mm -hmm. and they know that you they know that style changes so fast and you know it's fast fashion fast style fast uh, uh news and they're looking for the fast dollar yeah I think that that thing has kind of slowly gone away because I think that a lot of people are noticing like, why do they have all tours if the, the director doesn't get a say yeah. in it? And I think when you look at whenever they give the freedom to the director, mm -hmm. it is a way better movie. The movie's better received. And I yeah. think honestly, DC can do that better. Uh, and I think that suicide squad proved that when you give full freedom to, uh, to a director, they do yeah. pretty great stuff. So let the director um, make their movie with your characters. Yeah. Let them make their movie, but let them use your characters. Sure. Like, yeah. 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 And I mean, Aquaman, I will still say is very fun. And, and uh, I, I, I'm a fan. <laughs> I watched it on an airplane. It's a great airplane. It movie. is a fun movie. It's a very good movie to watch when you're flying across the country. It is fast paced and does not care what you think whatsoever. Yes. That movie's like, you don't like talking? Explosion. That's yep. it. Yep. <laughs> you think that's cool? Guitar riff. It has the, until the Suicide Squad, the fight scene in mm -hmm. Malta? The fight scene where yeah, the, they're running the, the rooftops mm -hmm. is the best DCEU fight scene in any of the movies because it's bright, you know what's going on, it's kinetic, and the camera movements are like, it's him running, and then it goes across the city to show her running. And yeah. It feels it's James Wan directing his movie. Yeah, I agree. Which is why it feels way better than anything in like Batman versus Superman, where it's just. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I still like Batman versus Superman, but I also, if you look around here, I'm a comic yes. fan. Like that is a comic book movie yeah. uh you know it's for the comic fans even though it has a weird Zack snyder kind of view to it um but uh yeah i think recently dc is doing a very good job i, I think that you know uh, aquaman, aquaman was fun shazam was fun mm -hmm. um I i'll still fight for wonder woman 89 i think that it is a very fun movie especially if you look at it if it were made in the 80s it makes sense and to have a movie where the end thing is not just a fight for no reason. It's two yes. people talking out a problem and coming to a solution. I think that's a, it's, it's cool. Yes. It might not be everybody's movie. 
I appreciate it. Sure. Whatever. I'm in, dude. I'm in. <laughs> anyway, Marvel. So um, my, my next thing, uh, the What If starts tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited about that. And it is really the only Marvel content we're going to get for a little bit. So yeah. uh, you kind of got to soak that up because uh, the Venom 2, if you hadn't seen, got delayed by a week already yeah. in international uh, theaters. Huh. So I'm curious what you think if there's going to be a problem with more movies being pushed back. Um, because as we saw with Black Widow being pushed back, yeah. it can really alter the storyline of other yeah. content because when you have an extended universe and you have to kind of, you know, yeah. uh, skip over something, you mess up. I am more worried about them doing to Venom 2 what they did to Suicide Squad due to the success, relatively speaking, of the Suicide Squad. Critical reception, audience reception, money, every blockbuster is going to be a loss mm -hmm. for the next half a year, if not longer, because of theaters and people's general hesitancy to go out and see movies in public. I'm worried that they're going to take Venom 2 back into the editing room and re-edit it to be gory and goofy, and it's not going to hit either of those marks. Yeah. And I wasn't excited for it originally because I don't think a PG-13 Carnage movie would work. Yeah. In the way that I in the way that I want Carnage to work, I like yeah. Carnage and I like Venom and I like the interaction between those characters. And I was initially just kind of like brushing the movie aside, like, yeah, it'll be fine. I'll watch it when it's free on whatever streaming service it comes out on. Mm -hmm. If they are re-editing it to make it violent and goofy, I'm more worried than hesitant. Yeah. But in all fairness, the reason you like Carnage so much is because of the comics, and the comics are PG. So, are there comics? Are the comics? Comics don't have a rating. There's no rating, right? Oh, so they're just whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Carnage was. Oh, he's filthy. He's violent and filthy, and he's in a serial killer. So yeah, yeah. Um. All right, Red Flanagan. Any movie about Venom and Carnage should be a horror movie. That yeah, no, I agree. There's no other option. Yeah, that. Carnage body horror venom because there's many different versions of venom, you yeah. kind of can get away with some stuff. Um, especially if you don't start it with uh J. Jonah Jameson's son coming from space yeah. or yeah. Spider-Man. If you don't start with those two things, you can kind of work around venom. Carnage, on the other hand, needs to be a horror, yeah. it needs to oh, it should be R-rated. It needs to be hard to watch. It, yeah. it should be disgusting. Yeah. He is a filthy individual, and uh yeah, so I I'm I hope that things don't start getting pushed back because I think that story-wise it messes stuff up, but uh, who knows? Um, all right. Star Wars news. We, we got a little now, bit more now that stuff. You reminded me though. I do want the Spider-Man movie where J. Jonah Jameson's son turns into the werewolf character. He did. Doesn't get bit by a werewolf on the moon or something. <laughs> Uh, that sounds if you, right. If you're a werewolf and you live on the moon, is the moon always full and you're always transformed? Uh, it depends on where you're standing. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, Venom and Carnage release the Clive Barker cut. Yeah. Oof, that'd be cool. That'd be terrifying. Okay. What? Okay. That, that's actually a, a good uh, segue to something I wasn't going to talk about. Yeah. But if if you did have a director to do a Carnage movie, what director would you choose? Oh man, that's a hard one. Like. John Carp, not John, like John Carpenter Verho. Someone does gore. Um, I mean, hell, Sam Raimi. <laughs> Sam Raimi might be cool. Maybe. He but does Sam have. He Raimi does have. With, he's very kinetic. With so the that chains be... taken off, like Sam Raimi, where they're just like here. Yeah, not not Venom. Do your thing. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah Venom. not like not like Venom. Uh, yeah, it's like actually uh, stay close to character. What about you? Um, I I was thinking about this, and um, I I uh, I don't have a really good answer. 
Um, I like Sam Raimi just because of how kinetic and, and how much motion he can yeah. show. Um, but I do think that, um, hmm, I, I actually, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't have anything good really. Yeah. I was, I'm not that, yeah, Art, I'm not that big. I'm Art not that burst. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, that was actually something that came to mind. I'm like, no, I'm like two and a half hour long movie with like six lines of dialogue, and Venom is like a chef or something. Yeah, I was trying to think of like what horror director has like any kind of like qualified like special effects or, yeah. or, or good motion effects. And I mean, James Wan actually might be very good at that. Maybe like Neil Blomkamp with a lot of oversight. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I would like to see it though. I, I mean, Clyde Barker is not. A bad call. choice at all. Uh, all right, Star Wars. Now, Bad Batch, the season finale is also tomorrow. Uh, so that's going to wrap up. I know you don't watch that. Nope. Um, but I started thinking about this, and there's no plans for a movie of Star Wars for a while. Yeah. And then I started thinking about what's coming next and what, what are they doing. And obviously, there's the High Republic you know, novel that's out right now that's doing pretty well. Um, but the next couple things that Star Wars is doing, uh, they have this thing called... Um, Visions. I'm not sure if you've heard about that. Yes. That's an anime, yes. which I'm is very excited. Super for. excited about that. It's that the act- first time I felt excitement over a Star Wars property in a long time. Maybe since Fallen Order. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think since Fallen Order. Yeah. The video game. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely into the Mandalorian a lot. I'm also into Bad I, Batch. I like the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, I think the Bad Batch is very cool, but I'm also a, a mega fan yeah. of Clone Wars. So, but so Visions is uh, the project that they gave to a bunch of individual Japanese mm-hmm. artists to make uh, anime yeah. uh, using either original content using something. So I'm yeah. really excited about that. That's September 22nd. Uh, then we have the Book of Boba Fett, which comes out in December. Then you have that Andor series. That soon? <clears throat> yeah, right. Really? Okay. Yeah, the Andor series, which is based on the character from Rogue One. Yeah. That's coming out next year at some point, and then is that's the then there's the Obi Wan uh, show, yeah. which is directed by Deborah Chow. I don't know if you know who Deborah Chow is. No, it's not my head. So she did an episode or, or of Jessica Jones. She's done an episode of Iron Fist. She actually did um, an episode of Mr. Robot. She's done okay. a couple episodes of Better Call Saul. So she's got a yeah, good, she's got good TV yeah. Direction. She's got good TV yeah. director. She's got good color palette and um. I, I, she also did Iron Fist, so I'm not gonna say that. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, it's just weird that there's not a lot of Star Wars stuff yeah. coming up soon. I think um, they learned their lesson after, um, like, I, I can't believe I didn't mention Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, honestly, once I saw that, I was like, that is the perfect answer. Uh, Peter David, Jack- early Peter Jackson would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, not now, I don't think. No, but definitely early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah David Cronenberg, great choice. Clyde Barker, obviously great. Sam Raimi, Peter Jackson, if they're maximum splatter mode. Yep, Darren Aronofsky. Huh, that'd be an interesting, be an one. interesting one. I don't think Aronofsky would want to do it. Robert Rodriguez would also is that a would be, very good that choice. Would be really good. That would be very gory and <laughs> shot hundred percent in his garage. High octane, <laughs> which I don't use that phrase very often. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah, Robert so, Rodriguez Venom movie would be pretty cool. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all the nerd news I got. Uh, unfortunately, in sad news, Christine Applegate came out recently and said that she you know, uh, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So uh, that's some terrible, terrible news. Um, she is a phenomenal actor. Um, so whatever. She still is. And it's fine. Um, all right. So we're going to hop into what we do now. And yeah. uh, we're going to start a new project that is based on an old project. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to let Dylan kind of take over and talk about what we're going to get done today. Yeah. So on episode four of Twitching Upstream, uh, Zach and I took an original idea we had. We did our normal kind of development role. 
And the idea was a text message about an idea where in the future, robots are given a simulated nine to five job. They go to they go to like restaurants after they're off the work um, and human beings and robots are pretty separate. You don't interact too much. And then a man, a human man comes into the robot diner off hours and dies on the floor and the robots just have to deal with it. Um, we took that idea and you can go watch the episode if you like. The URL is in the notes here. Um, but let me pull up our little development document we're going to be using. Uh, we is that up... what this project was? was For some yeah. reason, when we talk about doing force limit, I had it in my brain as the one where there was like an automated car. And hard, the... that was hard drive. That was hard drive. Like, yeah. Like the bitcoins in the car. Yeah. That was a, that was a fun one. Too. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, now I'm back do, in. We can do hard drive next. Yeah. yeah I... Force limit was the robots going yep. on their little, um, their little, um, Stand by me journey, and yep. then it ends with the end of the the end of the city. So, um, this is the development document I've created. You guys, oh, oh. Jason, you're never late. Hello, Jason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We were just waiting for you. So yeah. you're, yeah, we we're, just got started. We are on time. time. So actually, I'm, we're late today. Yeah, we are late. We did a half hour late uh, show because we're in the same location. Yeah. yeah. Oh, high fives don't carry. Oh, okay. does that work? Wait, wait. wait. We're oriented there by screen. There okay. it is. Close enough. Uh, now that you've got a nice shot of our forearms. She's about hands. I don't think it translates. We're going to have to transition. So, um, the we should get closer points, together. <laughs> the bullet points for um, Force Limit. Uh, it was pretty simple. I don't remember who the guest... We didn't have a guest on this one. It was twitching up. It was twitching. It was just, so it was just us two. But the idea was a guy stumbled Special guest. You. You. Uh, so a guy stumbles into the robot diner. He's got a QR code kind of like drawn or the equivalent, the future equivalent of a QR code on his hand that he shows a bunch of robots. They don't know what it means, but they're like, huh, I wonder how this guy died. They see it's a guy who works in compliance in Megacorp, mm -hmm. which is our placeholder name for every large scale megacorporation in all of our settings mm -hmm. because it's a fact of life nowadays. It's um, yeah. either that or Walmart. <clears throat> it's either that or Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh, he's working on war. Oh, he's working his way through Quibi since it's all on Roku now. Good luck. Oh well, that's like what uh, three hours? Three hours of fifteen uh, <laughs> uh, hundred. We tried shows. to take over Quibi and they would not buy. Yeah, they would not sell. Well, we offered them a bunch of different shows. Uh, it turns out our pitch was longer than what we're allowed to be uh, yeah. shows there. Yeah. And uh, then we tried to buy them. it, and Roku uh, outbid us. So. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they see that a compliance guy has entered the diner. He shows them a code, and then he dies. Um, the robots think, let's figure out what's happening, and before they can do anything, a cleaning bot comes in, gets a body, and takes it to the city dump where it's going to be incinerated. Um, the robots kind of ponder for a little bit about, you know, what should we do? Should we go after this guy? They decide to. Little action scene where they infiltrate the dump, they find the body, they try and get it away from the police because you're stealing biological matter or something. Uh, they take it to a surgery robot, and they find, turns out there's a data stick in the man's stomach. Or implanted on him somewhere. Or maybe it's on his, like, brain implant or something. He has a data stick on him that contains sensitive information. Mm -hmm. um, it uh, turns out to be... Um, we had a little bit of a disconnect in here, but that was a pretty low one. Um, they have to get into the robot headquarters in order to fully decode it. Because the data stick is encrypted. So they sneak into the robot headquarters and they decrypt it and it turns out it's a 
it's like an anti-compliance program for all of the robots. He was intending to set them completely free from their programming, which are like the classic three Asimov's laws. They, um, and it also had information that all the robots power cores were highly radioactive and would kill people and exposed in very minimal amounts. Mm-hmm. So it would lead to all of the robots being decommissioned. They're all sentient. So you have the issue of like, you can't just decommission something you brought in to the world and gave a life. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, so they're like, we've got to make people know about this. We can get fixed. They can, you know, people enjoy, like, the robots well enough, they can get fixed. Take the information to a journalist influencer, because every every journalist is an independent influencer now who kind of does their own street-level stuff. Mm-hmm. Miscalculation. The journalist is like, cool, I'm going to go public. We're going to decommission all the robots because this is awful. Uh, thanks. She spreads the information. It incites, like, a robot purge um, because the robots can't fight back. So they have to get back into their megacorp. Dramatic reenactment of quibby negotiations. Dylan and Zach say, we will give you the change in our couch cushions. Roku, we are prepared to offer as many as four cushions of change. Quibby says sold. <laughs> yeah, I think you've only got two cushions on there. Well, it's one big cushion. It's one that, big cushion. That's the problem. It's yeah. just like they only go on the sides. Yeah, There's we, no... have, we have two cushions on our couch. So even combined it's a total couch. of three cushion situation here, and that's that's yeah. not good enough for what yeah, uh, uh, Quibby's well. looking for. So. We tried. That's, that's we, awesome. we tried harder than... Most people tried. That's true. The vast majority of people didn't even bother putting a bit. They didn't quitty. try. Quitty? <laughs> huh? I reversed the B. It's okay. Oh. Um, but then the <laughs> there's a robot purge initiated in the city because everybody is just destroying their household robots. Robots can't fight back. So they sneak into the robot corporation to broadcast the guy's anti-compliance code. We came up with a story? We did come up with a story. This is crazy. I know. Uh, it we, starts it out cool, and then it gets like crazy. It was originally envisioned as a comic book. Yeah, okay, not, I can not, see not that. Like a movie or something. I can but, see But um, the robots, now that they're non-compliant, fight back. And then the robots who decided to start the whole thing are like, that QR code made us do this, didn't it? It's like, yeah. Okay. Wow, humans are bastards, huh? They look around at the city getting destroyed. They're like, yeah, let's leave. They leave. They join up with a wandering band of hyper-radioactive robots who wander the wasteland and just kind of like, another city went down. Let's go see who we can save. And so the robots join this little wandering band of robot nomads and wander off into the desert. This is insane. I love it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is still a comic book, though. No. Do you you see it as a comic still? I could see. I I see it. It could be a comic book. (laughs) Um, The reason, I think for comic book reasons, we chose... um, reverse that we chose a comic book because we wanted to really portray this future yeah and it would be high it would be it would necessitate a high budget okay fair so do you want to work on this as though it is a, a as though it's a comic book storyline we could okay yeah. cool um now i have a beat sheet formatted out here mm-hmm. um this is adapted from um a Oh, what is it? the successful screenwriter's guide by Jeffrey Calhoun, who was a hey, show. He sounds familiar. Um, so what this is is that is a framework that is designed to give you nine bullet points in roughly twenty-seven scenes. So you make three scenes per bullet point. So you have twenty-seven scenes, and each scene should be three minutes. Okay. So you have about a ninety-page script, which is exactly what people want. Now, how do you feel about these these style? Uh, or I guess this not this specific, but the idea of here's a formula 
to create a story. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about that as, as a writer? I think it's great to introduce you to the format and the medium. Okay. I think eventually once you know what the rules are, the classic line is once you know the rules, you can break them. Didn't break them. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and considering still relatively novel as far as writing this sort of format goes, yeah. I figure we can follow this out and get it, it may be a little little formulaic, but, yeah, but that's I, where I, you add the mutation in. I'm definitely not yeah. against it. I was just curious how someone who writes more often than I do. Yeah. Like, for me, it'd be, it, that makes sense. Hey, he, stick to a structure. This helps. But uh, Red Flanagan says, um, I think it could work as either a comic or a Walking Dead-style drama with a long timeline and unpredictable pacing. Yeah, I agree. Sure. And I, I'm assuming that you're talking about Walking Dead as the comic, right? Or, or the series? Um because if you read the comics, they're way better. They're way better. Way better. First season of the show is fine. Fine. And then it, the quality drops off pretty dramatically. Once they fire Frank Darabont and get rid of the guy who put the entire thing together in hand. Dude, by season play. three or four, it might as well be like true blood. Like, he what, means Walking what? Dead the TV series. Yeah, I love the series. It's one of my favorites. The TV series. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Like all seven seasons of it. There were like 12. 12? It wasn't really. I'm not gonna lie to you. After season three, it got really terrible. I stopped after one. And I think my problem is that I read the comics. Yes. And I wasn't expecting that to go the story route, mm -hmm. but I expected it to be as good. I think. But, uh, all right. Let, so let's anyway. let's start this off as though it is a a graphic novel yeah. style. Which means we don't have to necessarily adhere too strictly to the beat sheet, but it's still a good reference to kind of like track where the story could hit a resonant spot yeah with people now when uh you know we talked about the, the suicide squad earlier and uh there, there's there's a not a theory but the thought that when you're watching the suicide squad and every time there's a new slogan that shows yeah. up that is like reading a new comic yeah. and for the next little bit yeah. so i kind of like that a little bit like yeah. filling it with a bunch of mini comics sure. so uh cool all right so where where do you want to start so i like what you brought up and i think i remember what like five bullets in the suicide squad like five chapter segments mm, more than i that. think there's more than that more than but that. yeah so i i like the idea of kind of dividing it into books yeah you know, it's like book one book two book three. cool and looking at what we had for bullet points i can see kind of I'm going to change Act 1 to Book 1. There we go. Um, so Book 1 would be um, the man stumbles into the diner. The robots enter, or uh, the robots leave their comfort zone to find his corpse. And with the body retrieval and surgical uh, revelation that there is an encrypted data stick in him that's book one book one is familiarizing yourself with the setting getting the robots out of their familiar zones and then revealing that there's something bigger at stake here yeah i love book that book two would be uh it would be kind of like a reverse heist to get information out of the like to to decrypt the data stick. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be like, let's see, what do we got going on here? Uh, clean about disposal. Yeah. They have to heist the information from the corporation about the headquarters, and then they have to get it to a journalist influencer. So it would be reverse heist to decrypt the data stick, um, various methods. Tracy O'Shea says, hashtag live. We are. We are live. Most of the time. We are hashtag live all of the time. Yeah. 
previously recorded live sometimes depending on when you watch this we are previously recorded live but at the time we are still live yes. you're just maybe not watching yes. us um <laughs> to recover the data and then finally decode or is it live maybe it's hashtag live and then honestly live i am alive Well, it was like, yeah. I guess more like a directive. Oh, yes. I try my best to live every day as if it is the next one. <laughs> right. um, they finally decode the data stick and find out it contains their schematics, which reveal they're highly, fatally radioactive. Mm -hmm. uh, book three is... Um, finding out what to do with this information um telling other robots about it to uh minimal effect and then uh giving it to a journalist influencer in the hopes she knows what to do with it uh she plans to purge robots due to past trauma you know she has some reason to go public with this book four uh the robots have to deal with a purge because they can't fight back due to their programming laws um the uh yeah so then the robot heroes break into the robotics company to upload an anti-compliance law so they can defend themselves. The robots decide to leave the city, and in book five, robots escape the city during the chaos. They join up with the radioactive wasteland wandering robots they leave the city behind as it burns firmly uh convinced humans are bastards <laughs> and that's the end that's it that's it those are the five books yeah i'm in i love it yeah All uh right. good good format idea yeah yeah good structure idea for this um and plus an odd number of things you still get the peak in the middle and the little uptick at the end mm -hmm. but you still have that kind of uneven feeling of the tilt in the middle nice yeah I, yeah I, I think that that flows well yeah. all right so let's start fleshing out book one yeah. um now with book one you said that each one has three beats in it is that accurate like it each has, of the five it has three beats in it okay and each beat can be roughly divided into three scenes um so that would be like within each book there'd be a three arc structure yeah. And then in each yeah. arc, there will be a, a three arc. Yeah, you have... Um, now, this is a little more... in This thing on your screen right now is a little more in-depth than just a straight D, 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 D. Yeah. But you would generally have the inciting incident where the characters have their world disrupted and they start their descent around the wheel. Okay. You meet the antagonist of the series in some manner, whether antagonist is a literal villain force or a more figurative, um, yeah, humans are bastards. What a twist. What a twist. Um, you meet the antagonist, whether it's a literal force or just a more ephemeral kind of like pressure from the world. Mm -hmm. 
you have the debate where the characters discuss whether they are actually going to go through with it, and of course, eventually have to surrender to the change that is pushed upon them. You have your heart plot, which is that, like, oftentimes it's the meat cute in the, like, uh, romantic comedy, mm-hmm. or the, uh, you know, you kiss your sleeping wife on the forehead before you go to your job on your last day or something like that. You, you meet the driving heart of your character, the sympathetic core of the story, um, and then you get plot point one, which is the true start of the story, the moment of conflict which pushes the characters into the act two. Which we have kind of laid out in book one. Yeah. Inciting incident, man stumbles into the diner. Uh, and the robots leave the comfort zone to find his corpse. And then the antagonist would be the mega corporation. You find out that this man worked for the mega corporation, so he's in deep water showing up dead or almost dead to a robotic diner. Uh, the debate would be them figuring out, like, do we really want to go after this guy? And then the plot point one would be going to the, the compost heap and getting the body out and going to the surgeon. Of course, ending on the plot, plot uh, like a cliffhanger. Oh, this guy has an encrypted data in his genome or something. We got to take the hand to wherever this was done so we can extract it. Okay. We, we had an idea for the characters. They chopped his hand off mm-hmm. and they carried the hand around with them. <laughs> and so they would show it to random robots and it would make them come along on the journey as yeah, well. Because that's cool. Convincing. It's got the mm-hmm. mnemonic on it. Now, if we were if we were sticking to a comic book structure, mm-hmm. each comic book themselves would be 15 pages. Okay. Um, so let's but I guess that really doesn't <clears throat> matter. Is that a, is that a would you, you still do you a page know, a minute? You know more about comic structure than i do as yeah. far as like re- you read more comics than i do um we are not beheld we are not beholden to the runtime in any way whatsoever yeah <laughs> but just to make just to make a, a, a i guess a qualified story sure you know so that it kind of it kind of rolls it's, um it's probably a fair um guideline mm-hmm. but i had a single how to write comics segment in one of my writing classes in college and I do not recall there being any sort of like page guideline yeah. or page limit or anything like that. All right. Um, okay. So if we want to take book one, which has these three pretty much bullet points, mm-hmm. I guess, w- how do you want to flesh that out so that it is, I guess, a composed story um, while also <laughs> uh, while also being p- yeah. part of something? Yeah. Um, we have a surprise. Who is it? It's yeah, it's it's our friend from work. Uh, hang oh, on. A second. Okay. All right. I'm going to chat just a little bit because we are dealing with unprecedented things here. Um. <laughs> so, um, Zach obviously knows a little bit more about structure. <laughs> we might have some special guests here. We're al- we're alive. Um. <laughs> So um, I'm just going in and plugging in all of the plot points that we had talked about. Yeah. Um, so, of course, uh, inciting incident. We have the antagonist one. We have the debate. We have plot point one. And we need to somehow figure out what the heart of this is. I imagine the relationship between these four robots. Yeah. 
or the or the I guess like the robot trying to become or yeah. right like they're like I guess I have sentience I might not have these rules anymore uh familial something something they they have to deal with the fact that they were awakened by yeah. the QR code on the guy's hand so let's go into the characters a little bit because we haven't done any character stuff sure. um so we had an idea that the main core group would be three joined by a fourth you had a drone that was kind of like a hummingbird mm -hmm. and its beak was a data uplink in the same way that um r2d2 what are you what are you smirking at <laughs> i'm just not sure if people uh know that they're on camera when they're behind you oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're totally you're fine. fine you're fine uh no that's great it wasn't you didn't see any material no. uh <laughs> and feel free to chime in we have some friends yes. over we don't want to uh give other names um <laughs> um they're wanted yeah yeah um <laughs> That's up to them. So we had the characters. One was a, a drone in the style of a hummingbird, so mm. relatively small. Yeah. And its beak was like a, an uplink needle in the same way that R2-D2 has the data plug. Yeah, cool. Um, we had <laughs> the house droid. The house droid was like a cube on feet. And it yeah. had a display screen. And it had a voice. Uh, it had a vocalizer. And it was the only one of the main robots that could actually speak English. Because cool. it was designed to be a human interface robot. And it would display little emoticons on its on its screen to mm -hmm. indicate its mood. We had a multi-tool pillar. It was a segmented pillar on treads, and each pillar segment had one to four tools, tool arms extending from it. Yeah, easy. Easy, engineer robot. And then they were joined. They, those three are kind of like the core group. And then we had a late idea in the episode that they would be joined by a jukebox robot that managed to look over one of their shoulders, figuratively speaking, and get awakened by the QR code and comes along with them on the journey. Oh yeah, it's cool. So that way, it you know you have the bumblebee humor where it's quoting song lyrics and yeah. stuff like that. I feel like you need one live something in this, we need right? Something biological. Yeah, you need you need uh yeah yeah uh, the, the glue. You don't think these robots are uh, enough to hold themselves together? Because originally we had planned this to simply be from the point of view of the robots. What do you think? What are you thinking? Are you thinking like an animal, like a pet, like a dog or something? Okay, so if if it's just these these four, yeah, <laughs> well, not a dog. I no, I, I know. I'm just maybe a, maybe a, like a pet rabid human. I have no idea. Uh, but if it's just these four robots and only one of them talks and the other one plays music, mm -hmm. then you're kind of like at a like a fake transformer kind of a feel. You know, okay. with like the bumblebee and sure. the, the whatever, whatever. So I feel like you need something that is um, um, alive or biological for some reason. Um, I like this. It's a cat with uplifted intelligence. Dude, that's perfect. Yep, they're joined by a. It's a. The city employs a, a group, a cluster of like semi-feral cats that they've uplifted to almost human intelligence to yeah. like hunt on vermin and stuff. That's perfect. Cool. Yeah uplifted cat um a member of the sewer sweepers who took a liking to the robots actually i wonder is there an animal that is resistant to radioactivity cockroaches two armadillos are they <laughs> donkeys is that what I twinkies. Twi yeah. Twinkies? <laughs> yeah. twinkies yes yeah. i i i mean Probably like the Nautilus. 
It's probably a lot of maritime creatures. Yeah, slash. Um, tardigrade. <laughs> oh, classic tardigrades, yeah. Classic tardigrades. Um, so what we're doing, uh, like a full-size tardigrade? <laughs> oh, God. It's like a pet. No, it's a, it's like a genetically manipulated tardigrade to be large enough to be a human pet, like a pet. Do not like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when it's exposed to the radiation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd... Most animals are more resistant to radiation than humans, even dogs, but insects are more resistant, I believe. Yeah. What's the largest insect? Um, do you guys, do you guys know? It's not an insect. They're, they're, arachnid. they're semi-arachnid. The giant weta, which is like a giant, giant cricket. Oh my god! Oh, that might these be... things are huge. I, mean, I guess there's huge beetles. Yeah. Yeah. They're big beetles. Yeah. Do you want a beetle or one? Big like dragonflies. A... I kind of like the cat thing. I like the cat thing. Yeah, I'm cool. Whatever. It's yeah. it's. It's fictional radiation. We can do whatever we want with it. It could turn the cat into a big green monster when it gets angry. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, uh, a member of the sewer sweepers of the collecting to the robots. Um, the cat joins when they reach the compost dump. So it's like they get there and there's a cat that's like, hmm. What are you guys doing here? Yeah. Do they speak in old English? No. No. Okay. <laughs> robots? No, the cats. Oh. Mm, no. No? Okay. No. Too much? They say meow? Yeah. Or it could be that the robots understand the meows and we portray it in the comic as meow and then in like double brackets, like how Animorphs does thought speak, where it's in the double brackets instead of the quotation marks. I, I like I like uh I like the cat speaking English. I like him having an attitude. Um, like that. Like that, just just that I added to the uh doc. Yeah, love that. <laughs> He's just got an attitude. Yeah, he watches like old TV. He's like, this is how we talk. Yes, you want to back? Yes. There's a cat here somewhere. Yeah. Good luck. Her name is uh, Jeep. Jeep. Unless she's in trouble, then her name is Nicole. Yeah. 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 There's also. We don't want to get canceled on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Stick with Nicole. All right. Um. So we've got the cat as the heart. Yeah, I think it's good. Heart, the cat is the heart character. Yeah. Um. So we can go in and say, um. So I went through. I did book one, the heart. Um. The robots bonding with the uplifted cat. <clears throat> yeah, now, that's great. They meet the cat outside the compost heap. Cool. Cool. So yeah, if you want, we can go through and do a little bit of scene development. Well, let's just probably wrap this one up. Okay. For yeah. now, uh, we're, we're, we are running late because we started late. Yeah, we started late. We're messing. Yeah, external pressure to yeah early. that's true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's cool. So uh, we're gonna wrap this one up yeah. here. Uh, next Tuesday, we'll be back and we will finish this up at looks like a normal time. We might switch to four. Either we way, might switch to four. Yeah, only it, because now there's a little bit of travel time figured in. Some travel time. Now we're back together. But um, either way, you know, you can watch us on Mondays and Fridays on Real Boys. Uh, Wednesdays for no time to binge. Um, thanks to our friends, uh, Sarah Dekotrick and Tanya Sheck, our East Coast friends, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Curtis, with whatever you're doing in your new house and your yeah, uh, you, stuff, moving, stuff, stuff, stuff. Yeah, moving, a large scale move is always a pain in the Yeah, place. and listener app, go to Instagram at the greatest podcast app, around? and uh, probably I don't know, they pay us, so uh, <laughs> oh, cool, okay, yeah, they yeah, still pay us, so like okay. <laughs> I gotta keep saying it. Um, but yeah, thank you guys very much, we appreciate it. Um, Shout out to Red in the comments every time. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. yeah. What what a great what a great person. Uh we appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome ideas. And um, yeah, so I've been Zach, he's been Dylan, and you've been great. I think that's everything. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Know. I don't know. Whatever. It's been a minute. Whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you next out. week. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>